Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special, sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then, she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature, and MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. The story of Joshua Maddox's death is nothing short of bizarre. He's often referred to as the boy in the chimney due to the circumstances of his passing. 18-year-old Josh would go missing from his home in 2008 after saying that he was going to go for a walk. Seven years would pass, and there would be absolutely no sightings of Joshua, and no real indication of what may have happened to him. Then, a shocking discovery would be made when the owner of a nearby cabin smelled something foul coming from his chimney. During the demolition of this abandoned cabin, Joshua's body would be discovered wearing only a shirt, with the rest of his clothing found neatly folded in another area of the cabin. Investigators had no idea how he got in that chimney, if he had climbed in by his own free will, or if he was forced in or thrown in later. His death was ruled an accident. But there are several factors, including a strange Reddit post that would lead many people to believe Joshua's death was a murder. To this day, there is no clear indication of how Josh died in that chimney of that cabin. Let's jump right in. Joshua Maddox was born on March 9, 1990 to his parents Mike and Roberta in the very small town of Woodland Park, Colorado. When I say small, I mean Woodland Park has a population of around 8,000 people, so it's tiny. The area is a bit removed, 
and it is absolutely beautiful. The old buildings in the downtown core have been perfectly preserved like a time capsule. I love towns like this. It's this tiny pocket of a town surrounded by the Pike National Forest, so it's very picturesque, a ton of things to do if you enjoy nature-based activities, but otherwise there isn't a whole lot going on. Josh was the youngest son and the fourth child in the family. He was homeschooled for the first couple of years, however he would begin public school when his parents would ultimately divorce. Josh lived full-time with his father Mike and his sisters Kate and Ruth in a home situated close to the town, but also close to beautiful forested hills. As with most residents of Woodland Park, Josh enjoyed spending as much time as he could in nature, hiking, and watching for animals. It was clear from an early age that Joshua was special. He was very academically gifted, and he would consistently excel his way through school, earning top grades every year. His sister Kate would say, quote, His IQ was off the charts. He spent most of his time writing fictional stories and playing music. He had an interesting and unique sense of style. People in his high school class knew him for being that awesome kid who wore a top hat and brought a briefcase to school instead of a backpack. There was this subtle sophistication about him that made him interesting and a standout. I absolutely love the way that she describes her brother. It's honestly poetic. In addition to being book smart, Joshua had an incredible sense of humor, and he was really talented in writing and drawing. In his spare time, he would write a comic strip that he called Stickman and Smiley, and he would share them with all of his friends and his sisters, and they loved it. He was a very creative young man who was well-rounded and well-liked by his peers. That's not to say that life was always easy. In June of 2006, Joshua's older brother, Zachary, would take his own life at the age of 18 years old, just a week before he was set to graduate from high school. He had been suffering from severe depression for years prior, and unfortunately, he lost his battle. The family was shocked, especially Josh, who was only 16 years old at the time and close to his brother. Josh really looked up to Zachary. It shook his foundation, and it was a really difficult period of his life. Despite it all, in May of 2008, Josh appeared to be doing well. His friends and his family would report that he seemed happy. There didn't appear to be any indication that he was depressed or that anything was really bothering him. He was now 18 years old, and he was this 6 feet tall teen with long blonde hair. He loved writing his own music and then playing the songs out on his guitar. The day was May 8th, 2008. Josh decided to go out for a walk, which he often did. He told his sister Katie that he was going to be heading out for a long stroll, and of course, she thought nothing of it. He was known to take walks to clear his head or to just go on random hiking adventures. It wasn't until much later that evening, when Josh had not returned, that his family began to worry. They didn't want to panic right away and jump to any conclusions that something bad had happened. 
So they called around to a few of Josh's friends to see if they knew where he was. But no one had seen Josh that day or knew where he might be. So the family waited, hoping that Josh would come walking through that front door anytime now. Several days would pass, and Josh still had not returned home. On May 13th, the police had to be called. It had now been five days since Josh said he was going to be taking that walk, and there had been no sighting of him since. A missing persons report was filed for Joshua Maddox, and the police, along with Josh's friends and his family, would organize searches throughout the area. But there was absolutely no sign of Josh anywhere. The authorities were well aware that Josh's older brother, Zachary, had lost his life to depression just a few years prior, so they had to consider that Josh may be trying to follow in his brother's footsteps. But his family refused to accept that as true. Josh gave no indication that he was depressed or upset in any way during the months leading up to his disappearance or even during the hours prior when his sister Kate saw him in the kitchen right before he walked out the door. The other thought was that perhaps he had run away to start a new life. And I know not a lot of people do that kind of thing, just up and start over one day, but Josh was a free spirit. Maybe he had decided to start over somewhere new, or maybe he had left this small town to try to kickstart his music career. This scenario is the one that his family hoped for and held on to. Josh's father, Mike, wasn't so sure, and he was worried out of his mind. There would be missing persons posters plastered around the town with a description and a photo of Josh, along with a notice that he may be in a mental health crisis due to still grieving the loss of his brother. So people should approach him with caution and compassion if they find him. However, the weeks would turn into months and the months into years with no sightings of Josh. And that has to be one of the worst feelings in the world. I am lucky enough to not have any idea, but I can only imagine having a loved one who is missing and then having absolutely no idea where they are or if they're okay or if they're alive or dead. It's the not knowing that has to be torturous. The family wanted to believe that Josh had simply grown tired of living in this small town and he ran off to make music somewhere. But the idea that maybe he had taken his own life, as his brother had, it would always loom in the back of their minds. Seven years would pass, and then in August of 2015, a shocking discovery would be made by a local construction crew who were in the process of demoing an old abandoned cabin. The cabin was located less than a mile away from Joshua's home. Though the cabin had once been restored and rented out, it was now basically derelict and no one had occupied it in the last 10 years. As construction crews began to demo the area near the fireplace, they would make a gruesome discovery. A body lodged in the chimney. It had been there for so long that it was partially mummified. The body was only wearing a shirt, and it was found upside down with the knees above the head 
in a fetal position, and the legs were dislodged from the torso. It's actually quite difficult to picture a person being in this position in this small of a space like a chimney. Due to the condition of the body and just how long it had been there, dental records had to be used to make an ID. And the body would positively be identified as that of 18-year-old Joshua Maddox, discovered in the chimney of this abandoned cabin just a mile away from his home. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day, because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious, with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 
50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. After the body had been confirmed as Josh, his sister Kate would write a heartbreaking tribute to her brother on the News of Woodland Park website that said, quote, Sometimes in our life, our stories don't have happy endings. I'm sorry to say that this is one of those stories. Since Josh was 18, it has been reasonable to assume he may have decided to leave town to start a new life. As one of his two older sisters, I have always chosen to believe that this was the case. I've expected Josh to return home to my father's house at any time with a wife and small children so that they can meet their grandparents and two aunts. Josh has always been known for his musical and literary talent, so maybe we would find him playing music with a band on tour or catch him writing successful novels under a pen name so that he could keep his preferred lifestyle of solitude in the woods. And again, she has the most beautiful way of speaking about her brother. Her love for him comes across in every word that she speaks about him. She continues on, quote, This is certainly not the outcome that the Maddox family and my brother Josh's many friends and loved ones were hoping for. We are, however, eternally grateful for the opportunity to finally provide Josh with the proper memorial services he deserves and to finally lay Josh to rest. While the family was grateful to have Joshua's remains so that they could lay him to rest, there were still a lot of questions now surrounding how Josh ended up in that chimney. The autopsy would lead to more questions rather than answers. Just to recap, Joshua's body was found in a fetal position, wearing only a ribbed thermal-type shirt. He was only wearing a top and nothing else. To get into the chimney in this position, he would have had to go in headfirst. The rest of his clothing would be found inside that cabin, folded up near the fireplace. So he went into that chimney wearing no socks, no shoes, no underwear, nothing except for the shirt. The autopsy indicated that he had no broken bones, no knife marks, no bullet holes, no drugs in his system, and no signs of any trauma. For this reason, the county coroner ruled his death to be an accident by unknown causes. The leading theory is that Josh climbed into the chimney on his own accord, and then he became stuck. He was tall and skinny, and the idea is that he tried to shimmy down the chimney to get access to the cabin, but then he became stuck. When he couldn't get out and no one could hear his screams for help, he would have perished due to exposure to the elements or from having no food and no water. However, even the owner of this abandoned cabin takes issue with that theory. Now let's talk about that cabin for just a moment. So this cabin used to be part of the Thunderhead Ranch property, which has an interesting story all on its own. It used to be a really popular spot for things like illegal gambling, drinking, and lots of sex work. 
In the 50s, Chuck Murphy would purchase the property, including the cabin, and the Murphy family owned it for the last 60 years. One of the Murphy brothers had lived in the cabin for around 30 years before it was completely abandoned in 2005. Every so often, owner of the cabin, Chuck Murphy, would go into the property just to check on it. And he said, quote, The place was damp. It smelled like hell. There was raccoon poop all over the place. Other than that, nobody really spent any time in the cabin until they decided to tear it down to make way for a new housing development. The owner was there that day that Josh's body was found by the construction crew, and he says he has doubts about the theory that Josh climbed in on his own. There was a rebar made of steel meshing installed on the top of the chimney, and it was there to prevent any animals from coming through. This would have made it incredibly difficult for Josh to get through. Chuck Murphy said, quote, There's no way that guy crawled inside that chimney with that steel webbing. He didn't come down the chimney. And yeah, I've got to agree. The steel mesh webbing in the chimney, in my opinion, is really important and it changes the entire scenario. According to the owner of the property who said that it was in place the day of the demolition, it would have been made nearly impossible for Joshua to get into the chimney. Joshua's family also have no idea what would have brought him to that cabin that day. Tragically, they had searched high and low every inch of the forest surrounding that cabin, trying to look for anywhere that Joshua might be, but they had no idea he was so close, just within reach in that chimney of the abandoned cabin. And they also have questions about several things related to Joshua's death, like why was he mostly undressed? And why were his remaining clothing found outside of the chimney just neatly folded? How did he get through that steel webbing? And why would he attempt it anyway? But number one, if Joshua Maddox did not climb into the chimney himself, then what happened to him? There have been several tips to come into the police, which suggests that Josh may have actually been a victim of foul play. Remember this is a small town where everyone knows everyone else and everyone knows everyone's business and secrets can't stay a secret for long. One tip that came in named a man who had a long history of committing violent crimes and had spent a ton of time in prison. This person was allegedly seen hanging out with Josh, though it's not clear when. This tip alleged that this person killed Josh and then put him in the chimney, but they didn't offer any pertinent information like dates and times that they were seen together. So this tip was a wash. But this next tip is far more interesting. A post would pop up on Reddit in 2015 that pointed at a man named Andy. And I'm going to read it to you now. It said, I went to high school with this skinny, dorky, hippie named Andy who played guitar in a band. I was never good friends with him or anything, but a year or so after I graduated, one of my good friends, Josh, started hanging out with him and then went missing. Last I heard, Andy was telling another friend, yeah, me and Josh have been spending a lot of time together. We're planning a trip to New Mexico. Didn't really think any of it until somebody showed me these articles. Turns out, 
that in addition to becoming a lot scarier looking, Andy had indeed headed down to New Mexico, where he found himself shooting the shit with a caretaker of a disabled guy and got invited over to their apartment. Caretaker gets in the shower, and when he comes back out, the disabled guy is stabbed to death, and Andy's gone. When Andy got arrested, he also claimed to have killed a woman in Taos and stuffed her body in a barrel. The cops had indeed found a woman stuffed in a barrel in Taos, but already had somebody in custody for it and decided to stick with that guy instead. Years later, I found out that the caretaker had died in a bar fight, and without him, the cops didn't have much in the way of evidence somehow, so that case against Andy was dropped too. Several of us went to the cops saying, yo, Josh who went missing was last seen with Andy, who's a murderer. Maybe you should check that out? Despite a fair amount of pestering, nothing ever really came of it. And by nothing, I mean that the police mostly didn't even return our calls. And once accidentally cancelled the bulletin on Josh because he's alive and well and living in the next town over. He was actually in the chimney of an abandoned cabin, like two blocks from his parents' house. The coroner said the body had been there for about seven years and ruled the death accidental, concluding that Josh had probably climbed down in the chimney in an attempt to break into the house and gotten stuck, which, given the age of the corpse, doesn't seem overtly ridiculous. Except for the fact that, in addition to Josh having last been seen with Andy, immediately before his stabbing spree, people called in to report having heard rumors that Andy was bragging about having, quote, put Josh in a hole. And the fact that the owner of the cabin says it would have been impossible to access the chimney from above because he'd installed a heavy steel grate under the top layer of bricks to keep out raccoons and whatnot. This is just my opinion, but I don't care who you are. You don't try to climb headfirst into a chimney via a hole rusted through a metal grate with your dick hanging out. (sighs) He's got a point. Look, I get they didn't find enough evidence to arrest Andy or anyone else, but these motherfuckers went ahead and demolished the cabin despite all this. Josh's body was cremated. As far as I can tell, Nobody even bothered to call Andy to ask if he knew anything. By the way, from what I hear, Andy's still out and about doing his thing when he's not in the mental hospital. It's not that I want somebody to blame. I'm not trying to throw a tantrum because give me answers. All I'm saying is I wish they had done some police shit. Open an investigation. Try to track down some leads interview some of the folks who've been calling in tips for the last seven years. Maybe check for some semen or something. I don't know. Don't just say accidental, dust it off your hands, and call it a day. I'm going to have the link to the full post in my show notes so you can have a read through. The Andy referred to in that post is Andrew Richard Newman. And though he is indeed a shit human being, he has never been named as a suspect in Josh's death. Actually, no one has ever been named a suspect in Josh's death, and Josh's death has never been ruled a homicide. However, one just cannot deny that the circumstances surrounding Joshua Maddox's death are bizarre. 
Because the coroner ruled his death as accidental, there is no active investigation into what really happened to him. This can only be described as extremely frustrating. Coroner Al Bourne told the Pikes Peak Courier, quote, I know it's not a natural death, and I'm confident it's not suicide. My other options are an accidental death, homicide, and undetermined cause of death. It is frustrating we can't pin it down. So he says that he knows that Joshua did not die of natural causes. He has no idea how he has died. But he also refuses to list homicide as a possibility, which would open an investigation. So at this point, we may never have the answers to these key questions. What was Josh doing in that abandoned cabin? Did he really go into the chimney himself headfirst? And why would he remove the majority of his clothes before allegedly going into that chimney? Let me know what you think. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper or I post things on TikTok. Serial Napper Nick and that's all one word. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. And if you're not watching on YouTube, all my podcasts are also posted in video format over on YouTube. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.